For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group, and I am the senior editor and founder of theweeklydriver.com. My co-host and longtime friend is Bruce Aldrich, and today we have a guest for the second time in about four or five weeks, John Vincent, who is the senior editor at U.S. News and World Report. And... Uh, John and I said hello briefly. He, John was quite busy uh, at the LA Auto Show, and we shook hands and talked briefly. And um, the John's uh, employer has a best-of list, which is always fun to go through year after year. And so, John, welcome back to our podcast. Thank you for having me on. Sure. Hi, John, uh, uh, I st- I'm going to start with, you know, all the major publications, whether there's still some in print or many of them now online, the traditional auto publications all have either top 10 or best of or some variation on that same theme theme, uh, year after year after year. What separates um, your publication's best of list, and how long has it been around? So these are our best vehicle brand awards, and what separates us from... uh, other companies that give awards is ours are strictly research-based. We look at the broad array of reviews that are out there in the marketplace. We look at the general feel for what all of those reviews are saying about a certain car, boil them down into scores, and then our brand awards come from the average scores that all of that brand's vehicles get. So it's not like we have a big dartboard in the back. It's not like we have a you know, a system where we look at our own views and decide, you know, what we like. Um, it's truly research-based. That's good. I noticed uh, that there are 2023 20, and 2024 models on the new list. Is that accurate? And uh, uh, why is it uh, over the two years, is it based on the fact that manufacturers these days are introducing cars at all different kinds of times of the year? That's part of it. It's that time of year where we have a lot of 2023s still in the marketplace, and the 2024s are just starting to arrive. And this uh, this award is based on um, basically a snapshot of the market. So um, let's let's dive into our you know our best car brand, sure. which is not uh, does not include SUVs or pickups, um, and that is Honda. Honda only has two cars in the marketplace right now, the Accord and the Civic. And uh, this, the Accord is pretty new. The Civic is just a couple years old, and they both score very high in our rankings. Um, is that something new for you guys? I mean, Honda, people who are, I would say, traditional buyers of vehicles, it's kind of why maybe two of two of those cars, maybe three, are in the top 20 selling cars each year for for it seems like decades um so it was absolutely those, those two cars they're not surprising that they're they're listed there 
you know, there aren't as many cars being sold in the American market as there used to be. Yes. Um, you look at a Honda Accord, and you know, 15 years ago, they were selling 300,000 a yes. year. Now they're selling 100,000 a year. But Honda hasn't taken their eye off the ball with them, and they're doing a great job with that car. I saw that you had uh, in subcompact uh, cars, which I guess is under, that, under the uh, sedan, is uh, the uh, Mini Cooper. That's an interesting yep. car I would never have picked as a top of any list. Well, they are fun to drive. Well, it's, um, the Mini Cooper isn't at the top of the list. It's, uh, it, it's in our ranking, but it's not. Uh, I don't believe it's at the top of the list. Um, and it's a, that's an interesting car because we score it as a mainstream car, even though it has some luxury panache to it. There you go. Luxury. Yeah, they do have the different uh, variants that you can get them that are relatively plush. Yeah, the Countryman, I guess. Countryman's one. Countryman. Yeah. And I, th I think there's something to be said for its uniqueness. I've only driven a few of them through the years, but the toggle switches are fun and the big dials. And so it does have a, um, not that that's specifically in your rankings, but when you get into one of those cars, it's just something so different um, that there's something appealing about I don't know, maybe being in an airplane or a, a different kind of vehicle where you have to flick toggle switches. That's always kind of fun. Mini's done a great job of bringing their heritage into their cars and doing it in a modern way. The circular uh, console in the middle, yes, uh, circular display in the middle, is really well done and really well integrated without looking like it's tacked on. That's true. Uh, John... Uh, how many categories are there on the list? I don't have it in front of me, but it seems to me when I looked at it a few days ago that you guys have uh, lots of categories. We have lots of categories, but for our brand award winners, there are only four plus our best CPO award, our best um, CPO, Certified Pre-Owned Brand Award. Yes. So we've already talked about Honda. Let's jump into SUVs. Please, sure. Which was a little bit of a surprise this year. Um, traditionally, Hyundai has done very well in that category, but um, this year Mazda took the crown for our best SUV brand award. That is a surprise, I bet. They, uh, they have a couple of new cars out, the CX-90 and the CX-50. Both are doing very well. And uh, the CX-5, which is actually pretty old at this point, is still performing extremely well in our rankings and extremely well for customers. When I, whenever somebody says to me Mazda, I still can't get my mind off of rotary engines, and it's been a long time since I've been a rotary engine. I think, but uh, I think so too. <laughs> I don't, I'm aging myself for sure. Uh, I have reviewed those cars. Bruce has reviewed those cars, and um, I was kind of surprised in in the last two or three years. The the CX90 was was quite something i thought it was uh i feel like they're like volkswagens they're just they're just traditionalist they're you know no frills they ride like a volkswagen sort of german uh you know practical i practical, guess practical sure is that yeah, fair when i think about mazda i think about every mazda seems to have a little bit of miata in it <laughs> even the cx90 yes it handles crisper than almost anything else out there. So, Crisp, yeah, crisp. That's a good word. That's a good, very that, good that word. That I put into the Volkswagen category as well. But yes, 
the, zoom, zoom. The phenomenon of SUVs continues. I don't know if the percentage of sales overall in the SUV category continues to climb, and I'm sure that you know that. But uh, has that um, trend of sales changed? Have the reasons of the trend changed? People still want to sit up high. They want to feel safe. They have children, grandchildren, all those things. Or has the reason for the SUV sales um, continued to be high for other reasons that you can put your finger on? Interestingly, with with SUVs, once you've had an SUV, you will never go back to a car. Hmm. Uh, the, the automakers have studies that show that. You get that higher riding feeling. You feel safer. Um, whether that's true or not is, you know, up to uh, up to some interpretation. But you get that feel that it's a bigger, more secure, safer ride. And once you've been there, you just don't go back. Plus, the amount of room and the utility is amazing. That's true. I think you're right, and there's no takeaway anymore. Back in the day, to, to move up to an SUV, you had the, the good feelings, but the takeaway was uh, poor gas mileage. They didn't ride as well, a lot of body sway. Uh, they just they were not as good as a car, but now they are. So let me take you guys back in time a little bit and ask you a question. What do you think the one technology that allowed SUVs to take off was? Unibody? No. That uh, four-wheel drive. Four-wheel drive. What part of four-wheel drive? Oh, I guess full-time all-wheel? Automatic locking hubs. Ah, oh, there you okay. go. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. You don't have to get out in the snowstorm or <laughs> in the mud right. to lock don't the hubs. You don't have to get out in the snowstorm and lock your hubs into place. And there that was go. the one thing that allowed SUVs to take off. Good call. I know. Very, I hadn't thanks, thought about thanks, that, John. but I do remember how it used to be. I think uh, in a different area of SUVs, I think some of the early complaints also were the vehicles that were defined as three-row vehicles. The third row was often an afterthought, and it was only for you know people who started in the Wizard of Oz. You know, were only for only for little people, and and now that seems to be changing. Maybe there, maybe you know. The reasons behind it, where there are lots of complaints, like how how can this be a seven passenger car when the the back seat doesn't hold anything more than a you know a couple of grocery bags? That's obviously improved with uh, I would say uh, maybe industry wide. Absolutely, I mean there's a broad array. I mean there are still some three row SUVs out there where you don't want to put anybody you like in that third row. Um, <laughs> yes. Mitsubishi Outlander, um, Kia uh, Sorento. That mm. third row is for occasional use when you absolutely need it. Gotcha. But then you go to a, you know, a Hyundai Palisade or a Kia Telluride um, or a Mazda CX-90 where that, that third row is actually useful. And even when you have that third row up, there's still cargo space behind the backseat. That's right. The uh, to tell you right came up in the rotation of cars um, for for review um, last week, and uh, I, I was very impressed overall by the, by that vehicle, and um, including what you just said, John, that the the third row of seats it was you could configure it and uh, move it around, and the space to get in there was great, and the seats themselves were were just fine. So that was a good example, and, and I just happened to experience that. It was true. 
And I just drove a, a Kia SUV that's a better Telluride than the Telluride. <laughs> okay. Uh, coming soon is the Mazda C- um, I'm sorry, Kia EV9, the electrified three-row SUV. There you go. Um, it is going to be the it car for 2024, I think. Okay. It's fantastic. We've heard it here uh, today. Um, John, t- for maybe not so much of a curve, but in a, in a different way of... Um, what you guys have recently announced. Um, why is it that cars of the year or best uh, best brands or however companies announce it often comes at the start of a year when vehicles are relatively new or they're not available yet and the reviews come out that this car X is the car of the year when very few consumers have driven it? Is it uh, advertising based is it something else that I should be aware of? Publications try to outdo each other, or what are your thoughts on that? Well, there's some of that, but um, for many of the awards, and you know, one that I'm on the jury of, which is the North American Car and Truck Car Truck and Utility of the Year competition, is I get to drive the cars early. Yes, I get to drive the cars when they're in late production prototype phase, and so I have that information at my fingertips so I can uh, get that information out there at or before the time that those cars hit the market. Gotcha. Have any of the cars that you've selected made car or SUV or whatever you just said of the year? Um, the Kia EV9 is a finalist for the Nectoy Car of the Year and Nectoy Utility of the Year. Okay. Gotcha. Um, going back to the your uh, recent... Um, list that was made what what other surprises were there whether it was an individual or uh in any other capacity what what surprised you this year well the mazda of course but were there other things that uh you didn't expect well two more categories that were a little unexpected uh best pickup truck brand is ram and the ram 1500 is the oldest pickup truck in the marketplace but its ride is fantastic. Its cabin, nobody's beat its cabin yet and its technology yet. So uh, it was able to um, win our best pickup truck brand of the year. Mm-hmm. Our best luxury brand of the year, which since we've had the awards, has been won by Porsche. This year it was won by Rivian, a, a uh-huh. startup car company that makes a, an electric SUV and an electric pickup truck. What do you think about that? What was what was um, obviously we know what was behind it. You have, have your methodolo- methodology, but um, the car hasn't been. There aren't that many vehicles around in with Rivian yet. But so, what was the the gist of that uh, selection? Fantastic performance and fantastic range for a price that's not you know in the stratosphere. The top line Rivian can get more than four hundred miles in a range. Is that I think that's right. Uh, right around there, yes. Right around there, yes. Um, what do you think of the Rivian and, uh, let's say, Lucid, for example? I don't know if it's fair to com- to uh, mention those in the same sentence, but are those two companies going to challenge the uh, the mothership, so to speak? Is it, are they going to eventually challenge? Do you believe Mr. Musk and his various products? I hope so. <laughs> Thank um, you. Thank you know, you. it's very hard to to 
we're building new car companies at the same time as we're building the new technologies in those cars and building the factories to build them. And trying to do that all at once is very tough and takes a lot of money. Rivian seems to have turned a corner and they're just now at the point where they're cranking out cars, which is exactly what they need to be doing. And uh, Lucid, I love the Lucid Air sedan. It's, yes, they're very it's nice. It's an amazing car. It's a better Tesla Model S than the Model S. Yes. Much more refined, incredibly fast. I don't know whether the company is going to make it. Um, I hope if they get in trouble, somebody saves them because they have some technology that's amazing. Yes. Their, their motors are tiny and power-packed, and they just showed off their second car the other day called the Lucid Gravity, which is an SUV, um, and it looks just as fantastic as the Lucid Air does. Another colleague and I had the chance, the opportunity to go down to uh, Newark, in, uh, and um, see that car. We didn't drive it, but, you know, they had a little, what we used to call a little wine and dine. It was at lunch, so there wasn't wine, but we had a little, uh, you know, hospitality, I should say, and, and they gave us a nice overview for a couple of hours of that vehicle, and much like you, I was saying, oh, my gosh, this is going to be quite something. If they market it and promote it and, and do the right things, it was a really nice vehicle. Yep. They, I, um, I hope it makes it. I yeah. know uh, Fisker, I guess, is in a little bit of trouble. So I saw my first Fisker in the wild the other day. One of my neighbors drove through and asked the second one that was sold in Oregon. Oh, boy. It's, I I hope that company makes it, too, because the Fisker Ocean is a very cool little car. Isn't it? Yeah, it's really nice. Uh, I saw on the way back from L.A., just as a quick aside, um, Another friend and colleague and I were driving back on Interstate 5 south to north, and we, we drove past a, uh, um, I'm going to call it a futuristic car. It belongs in Mad Max films. We saw, you know what I'm going, where I'm going with this? We, we saw the Cybertruck ah. being, towing, towing, towing. towing yeah. uh, uh, we don't know if there was another Cybertruck in the van behind us, but um, my friend saw it first, and we kind of fought, we did, we did our version of, um, spy shots, and then the the truck pulled into uh, uh, Kettleman City, which is where all those Teslas, you know, there's a hundred Tesla chargers there, whatever it was, and and uh, he he was nowhere to be found. I think he went to get uh, something to eat or whatever. But within about five minutes, there was a dozen people a dozen people around it. So I had not seen one of those in the wild since you mentioned that phrase. Seeing it in the wild was quite something. It's uglier than I the pictures I've seen. <laughs> Well, it was better to see it towing something than being towed. That's true. Thanks for that positive outlook. Will it ever come to fruition? Well, the rumor is that they're going to deliver 10 of them next week so they can actually say that they delivered some vehicles in 2023. Mm -hmm. From every photo I've seen, I don't understand how they're going to get the quality to where it's going to need to be. Yes. Who did this? It's been announced who they're going to deliver them to. It is not, but traditionally Tesla has delivered those early cars to Tesla employees and handpicked Tesla fans who will never say anything negative about them. I would think. <laughs> I, I think this enclosed trailer was pulling extra parts and batteries probably for for that truck. Yeah. 
it was it was quite something to see. Uh, looked like the back looked like a roll top desk, you know, at an angle. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, you mean the vault? The, they don't the, call thank it the you. bed; they call it the vault. Thank you. I've forgotten that, John. Thanks for that. Um, with, but going back to your list, um, anything else you want to share with us about it? Um, the because I want to also jump into the LA Auto Show where we saw each other. But if there's something else that you'd like to share. Um, from the, yeah, we should probably talk about uh, the best CPO, certified pre-owned brand, thank which you. ever since we've had the, the award, it has gone to Lexus. And that is because Lexus has by far the best certified used car program in the marketplace. Yes. A certified used car brings the benefits of buying a new car, with, like a warranty, with the benefits of buying a used car, a lower price. And not all... CPO programs are created equal. Um, Lexus has unlimited mileage and a lot of extras that make it the best. And it was Lexus again? And it was Lexus again. Gotcha. They, they've always been high on the reliability charts, I think. Well, and that's the thing is not only do you get the CPO warranty, which is fantastic, but it's a Lexus. You're probably not going to need it. That's right. What is the, I've lost track, what is the best-selling Lexus these days? Oh, by far, the Lexus RX SUV. Gotcha. It sells almost more than the Lex, rest of the Lexus lineup combined. I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. That's something. Well, um, going over to the LA Auto Show, um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, by the way, we're speaking with uh, John Vincent, senior editor at U.S. News. Do they still say World Report, or is it just did they changed the official title a while back? Forgive me for not knowing. No. Nope. Okay. No, nope. we're we're still U.S. News and World Report. And we're World. Thank you, John. Um, we saw each other briefly at the LA Auto Show. We had met there once before. John was a guest about a month or so ago. But uh, this year at the LA Auto Show, it began um, in in an odd way for uh, my two friends and colleagues that went down there. And this is a little bit of the the media side of it, which will tie into the consumer side in a second. We got down there, and the information we had received was that the, the, some of the media events uh, were uh, going to be on the day that they were announced. You could come into the media room. You could There might be some people setting up their displays. And when we got there, there was nobody there in the media room. It was open, so we sat down and did our work quite quietly. And then we found out that the that there had been a mistake made, that it wasn't really open, even though they announced that it was open. And um, we had a little discussion with the, the woman who owns the show, and it all worked out. And the next day, the media area was fine, and the cars were on display for us. And then the public day started the next day. I guess where I'm going with this is that the LA Auto Show, for many people, many journalists, and probably for the public, had a different appearance. It was, uh, I was calling it understated. And you made a comment to me that it wasn't just the LA Auto Show, that the auto shows in general have changed. And I'd really like to know your perspective on that. Well, in general, um, every auto show has been, a, a, you know, a bit quieter than they've been in the past. Uh, some more than others. Uh, Detroit uh, this year was a shadow of its former self. It was, there was not a lot going on there. Um, LA was actually a pretty good auto show. There were some significant brands missing, um, who have been supporting that show in the past, but auto shows have changed. Auto manufacturers realize that they have other avenues to reach consumers. 
Um, and we kind of need to separate um, the press days at auto shows from the public days at auto shows. Yes. So the press days, automakers have realized that the auto shows are inviting a lot of people to press days who don't necessarily qualify as media. So automakers have taken their events to, you know, one, two, three days before the auto show, and they hold private events with a select list of journalists. Yes. Uh, to introduce their cars. That's what Toyota did. That's what Genesis did. Um, gives us the access we need without having to fighting without having to be fighting through hordes of people. Right. Um, still some do it on the floor of the auto show. Um, wasn't the first time they showed it, but, uh, they had a very grand press conference in, yes. um, their display, which is the best auto show display out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did experience, uh, we went, we went to the, um, Genesis the dog show that we went to the talk show. Yeah. With Subaru is always fun, but, we did go to the um, uh, the occasion in, in Bel Air, which was you know up on this very uh, elaborate place. I don't know if I saw you there or not, but it was uh, quite the display, and and I would say off the hook in terms of where it was located, it was quite something. I uh, I was across the across town that night uh, seeing the new uh, Toyota Camry and Crown Signia. Oh yes, there you go. Um, you make a good point. I guess I hadn't, it dawns on me, it dawned on me as you were explaining it, that I know, for example, Monterey Auto Week, that Audi has introduced cars down there and maybe other brands as, as well. So the, what you're saying is the manufacturers have realized that bang for the buck, maybe there are better ways to introduce their vehicles. Exactly. Yeah. John, what is the Crown Signia? I have not heard of that the, one. The Crown Signia <clears throat> Is the um, an SUV version of the Crown sedan uh, crossover, um, kind of towards the luxury end of crossover, but still within the Toyota brand. It will likely replace the uh, Toyota Venza in the lineup. Okay. Yes. What did you make of that vehicle? I am not quite sure about it yet. I look at that car and I'm the interior is, is lovely. Um, I look at the exterior and kind of wonder it's a hybrid uh, gas car um, that they made look like an electric car. And I'm trying to figure out why. Gotcha. <laughs> That's well, funny. well said, sir. Well said. Um, in, in Los Angeles, um, although uh, I've been to other auto shows uh, in auto occasions. Um, other than the things that you've just mentioned, there were some of the, the top-end brands that are vo- always curious. Uh, Porsche was not there in its own space, I don't believe. Uh, in years past, we've had Aston Martin. I didn't see any Aston Martins. And other top-end brands, does your reasoning hold through uh, to hold true to, throughout the spectrum of manufacturers, do you think? I think the luxury um, automakers have figured out there are other ways to get to those consumers mm-hmm. without having a lot of their non-consumers um, taking up space in their display, shall we say? Yes. Um, so, you know, instead of talking to just a broad swath of the general public, say a Porsche has ways to talk to 
you know, people who could actually buy the, buy the car. And so that's a better return on their dollar than, uh, than talking to everybody. I've also noticed, and I'm sure you do, and many other uh, journalists notice that when you walk into the auto show, the LA auto show, there's always a brand that I believe buys the most expensive, you know, space in the show, right? When you walk in and invariably it's a car that we'll never see, <laughs> you know, it was the Berlinger, I think a couple of years and this year it was, I don't know how to correctly pronounce the name, the car that looked like it was completely unfinished to me and to many other people. Um, why do you think that the, the um, one-offs or the concept cars go right there? And, and that, that's a lot of money to spend. Uh, do you have, any, have you thought about that? And what's, what's your theory if you have thought it through? I don't understand that, either from the show side or from the exhibitor side, other than Somebody has more money than sense. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I know the car you're talking about, and I, uh, it was an atrocity. Wasn't it? You're, you bet. Um, was it an electric car or something? It, um, I don't know how to describe it. Was it. A, it was a knockoff Cybertruck. It was a knockoff Cybertruck. Oh, okay. Thank you. That's a good way of saying it. The other car, the other uh, vehicles that I noticed, uh, in particular, VinFast didn't make a presence this year. And I sure like to have your um, opinion on the future or lack of future, if you believe that's the case of, of VinFast. That was uh, a surprise to me that they were not on the floor because L.A., should be one of their best markets. Yes. Um, and it's one of the few markets that they're currently selling in. Um, they had some very poor early reviews. I've seen some later reviews that say that some of the the issues have been resolved, and I'm really looking forward to driving a, a, you know, a later version of that car. They There's a lot of effort um, by that company being put forth to, you know, bring a car to America, actually bring several cars to America. It's going to be interesting to see whether they can pull it off, um, yes. whether they understand the American market well enough to be successful. Gotcha. Hey, John, um, thanks. For, uh, while you're under weather, thanks for keeping your commitment to us. Um, very much appreciated. Hope that you have some hot tea or something in your future with honey in it or something that you can... Uh, recover with and uh, we want to thank uh, John Vincent Senior Editor U.S. News and World Report again for his expertise this week on the Weekly Driver Podcast John thanks very much and uh, best during the holiday thank you you as well thank you John take care bye now for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.